Well, it's good to be with you uh, this afternoon. Uh, let me add my welcome as well, and welcome if you're joining us on the live stream. Uh, good to uh, have you virtually with us this afternoon. Do keep your Bibles open, please. We're in Proverbs uh, 8 and 9. Uh, we only read uh, 9, but we're going to dip into uh, 8 a little bit uh, as we go along. It'll be really helpful for you to have those verses open in front of you. Uh, that way you can follow through what we're, we're thinking about. Which voice are you listening to today? There are often times when we need to decide which voice amongst competing options we're going to listen to when we're making a decision. Take this all too familiar scenario from my life. Eve and I are out for a drive uh, and we approach uh, a T-junction in the car. Uh, I'm driving and Google Maps says turn left. Uh, Eve, who is old school, has the road atlas in her hand and is following through uh, uh, the route, says turn right. What do I do in those moments? Which voice do I listen to? Uh, I'll let you decide which one you think, and you can ask me afterwards. But that's a fairly common experience, isn't it? We're torn between two choices, two actions, two voices. At the moment, we need to make a decision. So I could eat a snack, or I could go for a run. Uh, I could turn the TV on, or I could do some hoovering. I could waste time watching silly videos about cats on YouTube, or I could pick up the phone and speak to my friend. See, in in those moments, I'm torn between two competing voices. On the one hand, a voice that speaks to me of ease and comfort and laziness. And on the other hand, a voice that speaks to me of health and service and, and friendship. Which voice will I listen to? Uh, Now, those are trivial examples, relatively speaking, but but sometimes it is true, isn't it, that the decisions we make are are more meaningful. Uh, The choices are more serious. The voice is more insistent. Who should I marry? What job should I take? How should I respond to that person who makes my life hard? How can I best set up my children to succeed in life? How should I treat my parents? What should I do with my life? You see, in those moments and in a thousand others, we need wisdom. The art of living well in God's world in relationship with him. The ability to bring God's perspective on things into that decision-making process. The skill of navigating life in a complex world that receives God's commendation and fits with the order of reality that he's created. We need wisdom. Now, let's be clear. Wisdom is not about having a big IQ or reading lots of books. No, wisdom, if you forgive me the expression, is about being life smart, not about being book smart. And the truth is people are seeking wisdom in all sorts of places, aren't they? from social media influences, or or in self-help books, or in a reliance on so-called experts. It seems an almost universal human quest to seek wisdom for life. And so it is great news that God gives us books in the Bible like Proverbs that are chock full of his wisdom, that are given to help us navigate the challenges of life in a wise and discerning and astute way. Books that are intensely practical 
direct and really vivid. See, all of us need wisdom to deal with life in a complex and confusing and baffling world. And brilliantly, God shares his wisdom with us in books like Proverbs in the Bible. But, uh, of course, we need to listen to that wisdom rather than just trust our own wisdom or the wisdom of the world around us. Because the truth is, God's voice isn't the only voice calling out to us. The voice of our culture calls to us. The voice of human common sense calls to us. The voice of our own desires calls to us. Which voice will we listen to? And this decision is wonderfully pictured for us in Proverbs chapter 8 and 9 today. Uh, In these chapters, God's wisdom is presented as calling out to us. God's wisdom is personified as a noble lady urging us to pay attention to her. And it's rich picture language. It's a beautiful image. It's evocative poetry. I kind of like to imagine Lady Wisdom a bit like Galadriel, uh, the elf queen in Tolkien's epic The Lord of the Rings. Uh, Dignified and lovely and and wise. Uh, The kind of voice you should want to listen to. But there is another voice speaking today as well. The voice of a different lady. Not Lady Wisdom, but, but Lady Folly. And this lady is less reliable, less trustworthy, less honourable. She embodies every God-defying impulse in our hearts and the world around us. And Proverbs 8 and 9 are a bit of a contest. You see, in the blue corner, we have Lady Wisdom. And in the red corner, we have Lady Folly. And they're fighting it out for our attention today. Who will we listen to? God's wisdom or human folly? It is an either-or option today. There is no third way open to us. Each of us must respond and decide today. Wisdom calls to us. Folly calls to us. Which voice will I listen to? Which voice will you listen to? Well, to help us make the right decision, we're going to see, firstly, the call of wisdom. The call of Wisdom, And we hear that call in these chapters, don't we? That language of calling uh, is there in chapter 8, verse 1. Does not wisdom call out? It's repeated in chapter 9, verse 3. Uh, uh, wisdom calls out to those uh, who pass by. See, wisdom is calling to us, and we should pay attention. Let's see several things about this call. Firstly, it's a really active call. And this wonderful word picture, uh, Lady Wisdom is presented as hosting a party. And just like a perfect host, she's busy making all the preparations for the party, getting everything just right. Look at verse 1 of chapter 9. Wisdom has built her house. Uh, She has set up its seven pillars. See, she's hosting this party in a beautiful and expansive location where there's room for everybody who wants to attend. She's also got a top-class menu on offer. Look at verse 2 of the same chapter. She's prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set up her table. This is definitely more M&S than Mackie D's. And she's busy inviting guests to attend. Listen into verse 3. She has sent out her servants and she calls from the highest point of the city. She's been busy making preparations for the party she's hosting. 
It's a busy, active thing. It's also a gracious thing. Listen to the guest list, verse 3 and 5. Let all who are simple come to my house. Sorry, verse 4. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food and drink the wine I've mixed. You see, all are welcome to come to this party, to this feast. Especially the simple, those who have no sense. Those who are undecided on the shape of their life, who are at a bit of a crossroads, unformed in significant ways, open to suggestion, impressionable, people who need help to see the right path and be wise in a challenging world. In other words, people like you and me. See, wisdom graciously calls to us today to turn aside from our ways and feast with her. It's a gracious call. That note is also struck in chapter 8. Do uh, flick back over to verses 4 and 5 of chapter 8. Wisdom calls out to anyone and everyone to listen, to pay attention, to seek the wisdom that she has to offer. She hauntingly says, verse 4, To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all humanity, anyone and everyone. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, Set your hearts on it. See, this is wisdom's guest list. And you and I are on it. If only we would listen. But it's also a serious call. Listen to what's at stake if we enter the party and join the feast. Look at chapter 9, verse 6. She says, leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. You see, the stakes are high. Life is on offer. Not just existence, but life where we live rightly in God's world. Rightly relating to him and to others around us. Life where we know the covenant God and are known by him. Life as opposed to death. That is a serious call Proverbs gives us today. So it's clear wisdom it's calling out to us to listen and feast, to pay attention and live. But maybe we find ourselves honestly going, well, okay, but, but why? Why should I listen to wisdom? What in reality can she actually do for me? Why devote time and effort into listening and joining the feast? Well, well, to help us that, let's listen in to what Lady Wisdom says about, firstly, the, trust, the truthfulness of her words. Look back at chapter 8, verses 6 to 8. Here's what she says about the truthfulness of her words. Listen, she says, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true. My lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. I find that beautifully appealing. It can often seem, can't it, that we're just surrounded by crooked and twisted and tainted words, whether words from politicians or words on our social media feeds or words from others around us. Seems we live in a world full of words we can't trust, words we need to be suspicious of, words that are big on spin and short on truth. 
Wisdom's words are totally different. Here are words that are true and just and upright. If we're tired of crooked words, we could do a lot worse than listen to wisdom's words. To woo us further, Lady Wisdom also underlines the value of what she offers. And she puts it in kind of financial terms. Look at chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. She says, choose my uh, my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Or skim down to verse 19 of that same chapter. My fruit, she says, is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. You want riches, Proverbs says. You want to be wealthy. Listen to wisdom. Because that's where true wealth is found. And Lady Wisdom finally reminds us of her pedigree, her track record of giving wisdom to people. Look at verses 15 and 16 of chapter 8. She says, By me, kings reign, and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern, and nobles, all who rule on earth. See, behind every wise ruler stands Lady Wisdom. You see, Wisdom's been sharing her gifts, bestowing her blessings since before creation. That's what she goes on to say in chapter 8, verses 22 through to the end of the chapter. Wisdom was present with the Lord before he made all things. She's got a long track record of giving wisdom to those who ask her for it. And so we should pay attention to her. The Lord prioritised wisdom when he made all things. And we should listen as well. In these chapters we hear very clearly the call of wisdom. The call of wisdom. But we said also these chapters have a second call we need to be aware of this afternoon. And that's the call of folly. No longer the call of wisdom now, the call of folly. You see, because with a surface similarity, yet ultimately in a very different key, Lady Folly calls to us as well today. We see that in the the way that chapter 9 is structured. And it's a bit like one of those uh, spot the difference kids puzzles that you do, where you get two pictures adjacent to each other, and you have to work out what's kind of been changed. There are some things that are the same, and there are some things that are different. It's kind of like that with these two ladies, Lady Wisdom and uh, Lady Folly. Uh, There are some similarities. Uh, Look at verse 14. Lady Folly, as well, is at the highest point of the city, uh, just as Lady Wisdom was. Uh, Lady Folly, verse 15, calls out to those who pass by, just as Lady Wisdom did. Uh, Lady Folly, verse 16, also invites those passing by to enter in and eat with her with identical words. Let all who are simple come to my house, those who have no sense. So far, so similar. But there are major differences. There's a difference in the character of those calling out to us. Whereas Lady Wisdom is dignified and lovely, look at verse 13. Folly is an unruly woman, a troublemaker. You know, when you meet uh, some people, uh, the more they talk, the more you realise they don't know what they're talking about. They might sound knowledgeable, about all sorts of things, but the more you, they talk, you realise it's, it's all bluster. They don't really know anything. 
It's like that with Lady Folly. Look at verse 13. She is simple and knows nothing. There are also differences in their approaches. Wisdom has built her house. She's active. Folly's just sat there waiting for us to pass by. Wisdom uh, offers meat and wine. Folly offers bread and water. You see, one will satisfy us legitimately in a lasting way, and one will be sweet for a short time, but will turn bitter in our mouths before too long. Wisdom is honest and upfront with us. Folly is making glamorous promises that just can't come true. And wisdom's followers live more and more forever. But those who enter Folly's house die a sugar-coated death before they even know what's hit them. For that is the stark summary of those who enter Folly's house. Look at verse 18. Little do they know, those who enter, that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. See, in these chapters, we hear the call of wisdom, but also, secondly, the call of folly. And in doing so, we're being urged to avoid her path at all costs. The call of wisdom, the call of folly, and then our response. Because, friends, we've heard these two calls, haven't we? Wisdom and folly. And we're called to respond to that. What response is God looking for? Well, these chapters highlight two big responses we're called to make. Firstly, we're called to listen to wisdom. Listen, listen, listen. It's like an alarm bell striking again and again in chapter 8. Look at it. It's there in verse 6. Listen. It's there in verse 32. Listen. It's there in verse 33. Listen. Verse 34 talks about those who listen, listen, listen. That doesn't sound impressive, does it? That doesn't sound very kind of showy. But it's crucial nonetheless. See, we need to listen to God's wisdom. We need to pay attention to it. We need to recognise that we don't know it all. And therefore, we need wisdom from outside ourselves. See, God is speaking to us, offering us wisdom if we would listen to him as he speaks to us in the Bible. We need to listen. But that can be hard, can't it? We pride ourselves on our self-sufficiency, on our competence, on our ability to muddle through. We live in a culture that doesn't always value ideas of weakness and vulnerability and acknowledging that we don't know things. But the worldview of the Bible cuts against that self-affirming impulse in our hearts and in our culture. The Bible insists we are not wise on our own. We're simple. We're foolish. We need instruction. Now remember again, we're not talking about IQ We're talking about the ability to make wise decisions which seem so elusive to us. But actually, if we don't think we need wisdom in the economy of Proverbs, that just confirms how foolish we really are. If we think that, we put ourselves in the category of mockers. We've gone from being simple to being a mocker. And Proverbs has hard words for those who are mockers. Look at chapter 9, verse 7. Mockers are stubborn. Whoever corrects them invites insults. 
or again verse 12, if you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. You see, if we think we don't need wisdom, we're like a person who's lost and refuses to ask for directions or open the map up, convinced they know where they're going, who ends up further and further from where they want to be. Something I obviously know nothing about when I'm driving. I'm sure you'll agree. See, Proverbs warns us repeatedly, don't be wise in your own eyes. So let's listen to wisdom. Let's pay attention to God's wisdom given to us in the Bible. That's why it's great, I think, we're doing this sermon series on Proverbs here at KCC. And the next few Sundays, we're going to dip into some of the practical wisdom that Proverbs has for us. Wisdom about our words, about our friendships, about our family life. So do come back and listen to the wisdom that God has for us, for those really practical areas. It's going to be brilliant. And interestingly, the book of Proverbs actually has 31 chapters, roughly one for each day of the month. Why not, in the next month, just read a chapter of Proverbs each day for those 31 days and just soak in it? Listen to God's wisdom. That's a great way to respond to what Lady Wisdom is speaking to us today. We must listen to God's wisdom. That's the first response God calls us to make. Listen. The second response is like it, but a little bit more kind of kind of intimate and, and personal. It is to choose wisdom. To choose wisdom. See, the writer of these chapters urges us to choose wisdom, to seek it, to, to, to set our hearts on finding it, to make wisdom our ultimate priority. Because the truth is, we can't have everything. We like to think we do, but we can't. We have to choose what we will devote our hearts and lives to. We can't do everything. And Proverbs says, in light of that, make sure whatever else you do, you pursue wisdom. Look at verse 10 of chapter 8. Choose wisdom instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. Why? For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Nothing you desire can compare with wisdom. I wonder if I really believe that. I wonder if you really believe that. What do you most desire today? Happiness. Good health. A satisfying marriage. The dream promotion. Well-behaved children. Good exam results. Being popular at school. Making the first team. People to listen to us. There's nothing wrong with those things at all. But wisdom is better, we're being told. Nothing you desire can compare with wisdom. You see, if we gain wisdom, we gain the key to life. We, we find the map to navigate through the complexities of human experience. We find ourselves rightly relating to God, fearing him, which is the beginning of wisdom. If we're wise, we, we find life making sense. We, we find life working as, as it was meant to work. Not in a way that protects us from suffering or hardship or any kind of weird ideas like that, but working in the sense that we're connected with the God who made us and we're living in rhythm with the reality that he's woven into his creation. We can choose wisdom. 
and if we're up for this, let me encourage you. Finding wisdom is not impossible. This isn't like one of those quests only for superheroes, the quests for the Mandalorian or Black Widow or the Justice League, the quests only for the experts and superheroes because the odds of success are astronomical. No, this is a quest for each and every one of us, whether we've been a Christian for a day or 50 years, whether we're old or whether we're young. Wisdom promises to each and every one of us, chapter 8, verse 17, those who love her and those who seek her will find her. You choose wisdom, you will find it. It's a quest that we can be successful in because God is gracious and makes this offer to us today. Let's make sure we choose God's Wisdom, the response of listening and choosing wisdom. So which voice are you listening to today? Wisdom or folly? God or the world? Hopefully we've seen why we should pay attention to Lady Wisdom and roundly reject the advances of Lady Folly. And yet... The challenge of these chapters become even more pointed when we see that the rest of the Bible unpacks this idea of God's wisdom in surprising personal ways. See, here in Proverbs 8 and 9, wisdom is represented, personified as a person. But of course, here, it's just a figure of speech. It's imagery. It's a beautiful piece of poetry. It's wonderful. And yet... A time would come when God's wisdom would enter our world as a real flesh and blood human being. A concrete individual, not a uh, dramatic picture. A time would come when one who in ways that far exceed the outlines of wisdom's relationship with God here in Proverbs 8, uh, one who was with God and who was God and who was with God in the beginning, actually walked in space-time human history. When the one through whom all things were made became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This means that as wisdom calls out to us today, that call comes to us in and through Jesus. God's wisdom made flesh. See, Jesus is wisdom for us, wisdom from God. That's what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Jesus has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. So, in ultimate terms, if we would be wise, we need to listen to Jesus. We need to commit our ways to him. We need to accept the gracious offer of rescue from our sins and forgiveness that he makes to each and every one of us. And if you haven't yet responded to that gracious offer, why not? Jesus has come to make God known. He shed his blood to make God knowable. What love, what mercy, what kindness. It is true that to many, the cross looks foolish, but it is actually God's greatest display of wisdom. I wonder, can you see the wisdom at the cross? You see, Jesus himself spoke of a wise person who built their life on his words and so could endure through the storms of life and finally the great storm of final judgment. 
He spoke of wisdom. But he also spoke of folly, a foolish person who heard but then ignored his words and were blown away and suffered ultimate loss. So don't be a foolish builder today. We've all heard Jesus' words. Let's act on them. Let's look to him. Let's commit our way to him. Let's cry to him for grace and mercy and we will find him. Just as wisdom promises, we'll find her. Friends, let's leave the final words to God as Lady Wisdom addresses us. Let me just read in conclusion some words from Proverbs chapter 8, verses 32 to 36. Now then, my children, us, you and me, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me, find life and receive favour from the Lord. For those who fail to find me, harm themselves. All who hate me, love death. Indeed. So let's pray that we listen to God's wisdom. Let's ensure we don't disregard his instructions for any reason. Let's be certain of the estimation here. Those who find wisdom find life. While those who fail to find wisdom harm themselves. We've heard two calls today. The gracious, active, serious call of wisdom and the seductive, secret, shameful call of folly. Which voice will you listen to? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this just amazing book of Proverbs. It's full of wonderful and brilliant and insightful things. Thank you that you've put it, to, put it in the Bible for our good, for our teaching, and to make us more like Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to just dip into it over these summer weeks. Father, we'd love to spend way longer than we have um, working through it, but thank you for these opportunities just to dip into it, to trace some of the themes and ideas and and and, and um, uh, truths that it has for us. Thank you for what we've been able to consider today, these two calls that uh, we find here in the book of Proverbs. And Father, please, we pray, set our hearts on hearing the call of wisdom today. Move us, we pray, to listen, to pause and be attentive to know that we don't know, but to know that you do. Help us to choose wisdom. Father, we desire many things, and lots of those things are good and right and uh, have their place. And yet, Father, teach us to really understand that wisdom outstrips and outranks them all, because those who find wisdom find life. Keep us, we pray, from the siren call of Lady Folly, that might mean different things to different ones of us where we're tempted to wander from the path of wisdom and set out in independence and pride and defiance of you. Keep us from that path, we pray, because that way leads to death and we would avoid that at all costs. 
Father, whether we're old or whether we're young, whether we're familiar with these things or this is new to us, wisdom speaks to us today. You speak to us today. Grant us to listen well and respond. To make it our ambition in life to be wise. Thank you, that quest is achievable because you are gracious. We are needy. But you have abundantly provided all we need. Turn our hearts to these things, we pray, that we might live well in your world in a way that receives your commendation, in a way that honours you, and in a way that points others to Jesus, in whose name we pray, and for his glory we ask. Amen.